0: Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix.
1: It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Second and goal.
0: A juggle of the snap. Hertz found it, and there's the
2: Touchdown! What a machine! What a machine this Eagles offense is. Panthers drop Brady going deep. Evans again. He's got it. Number three. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point. I'm retiring for good. I know the process was a pretty big deal last time. So when I woke up this morning, I figured I just press record and let you guys know first. So. Uh, won't be long winded. You only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year.
1: On third down and four, Borgay throws. End zone right side. Conyers hauls it in. Three touchdowns, and that one was spectacular.
2: Delora, deep drop. Feeling the pressure. Flushed out. Delora. Floats it, open, touchdown,
1: Michael Wiley. What a play.
0: Kepler leads off the Twins' ninth. He has homered twice in this series.
1: And launches one out deep, and Max Kepler has tied the ball game. I don't believe it. High in the air, right center, and Minnesota walks it off hit it high in the air out there to right field the way Thomas and McCarthy were pursuing I thought perhaps they had a chance but that ball's way out of here and he outworks it and then Davis throws it down with the foul Rondo with the perfect bounce pass the lead is 20 and a chance for a three-point play Hosey again awaits the 2-2 pitch from Kopek. here it comes a swing and a smash to first by the, diving Vaughn. Down the field line kicks into the corner Ramirez on his way to second Head first slide safe and in the score is Jimenez and another hustle double right over the bag at first now Hosey and Anderson square off they're fighting they're swinging down goes Anderson down goes Anderson Dial 602 260 1060. That's 602 260 1060. Or tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060. And now, here's your Sports Zone guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome to the Monday, August 7th edition of the Sports Zone, not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUSAM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7, the 2023 Eagles over or under 10.5 wins, the 2023 Buccaneers over or under 6.5 wins. College sports realignment, what do you think? The Diamondbacks, does, is there really anything Tori Lovello can do at this point? The Lakers, will they win another title with Anthony Davis? On the Diamond, down goes Anderson. And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's scheduled lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. At moments, we have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9.15 or so, our week long preview of the NFC East begins with the uh, NFC defending champion, Eagles. And uh, Dave Zangaro will join us from NBC Sports Philadelphia. 9.30 9.30 or so, interactive action at 6.02, 2.60, 10.60, and also the local roundup. That'll include some brief observations from the Saturday Cardinals red-white practice, which Kayla and I attended. Also of uh, analysis of another losing series for the Diamondbacks. Meanwhile, final segment of the sports zone will be the national roundup. That'll be from uh, by from the scoreboard, MLB scoreboard. Then after the sports zone from 10 to noon, It'll be the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. That will include uh, the first of our four NFC South previews this week uh, with the uh, Buccaneers and J.C. Allen will join us from Pewter Report. Also in the Extra Point, we'll get into more detail of our observations from the uh, Cardinals' red-white practice on Saturday. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And as usual, we start with the KDUS poll question at kdus1060.com. Today's question is the defending NFC champion Eagles over under 10 and a half wins in the 2023 season. And Kayla is here and has the early returns.
0: You love it when it's a 50-50 split, and that's what we currently have to start things off with the show.
1: Okay, the Eagles finished 16 and 4 last season. Uh, that includes the postseason, and it also includes the Chiefs uh, outscoring the Eagles 17 to 8 in the fourth quarter to win the Super Bowl 38-35. Of course, that game was in Glendale. Today's Twitter poll question: The 2023 Tampa Bay Buccaneers over/under six and a half wins. Kayla, what's going on here?
0: Under six and a half wins, seventy one point four percent of the vote. Over sitting at twenty eight point six. This is on Twitter at KDOS AM ten sixty.
1: Tom Brady, we're pretty sure, is retired after the Buccaneers finished eight and ten last season. By the way, no NFC South team finished above five hundred in twenty twenty two, and no projected Week one starting quarterback in twenty twenty three was the Week one starter for that team in twenty twenty two. Meanwhile, on the local front, uh, the Pac-12, as we know it, it died on Friday within hours, maybe even like minutes. ASU, the U of A, and Utah agreed to leave the big tw- uh, for the Big 12, and Washington and Oregon are big town bound, all of those starting with the 20, uh, 2024 sports season. So anything to do with uh, conference real- uh, realignment in college sports is certainly encouraged discussion. By the way, we'll have much more on ASU and the UVA leaving for the Big 12 in the Tuesday pipeline, and also in the Tuesday show at 9:15. We're scheduled to be joined by Doug Haller at the Athletic. The Diamondbacks sinking ship continued to sink, which is fitting because over the weekend they lost three straight in Minnesota. Of course, Minnesota, the land of 10,000 lakes, so. What better place for a sinking ship to sink further? Is there anything Torrey Lavello can actually do to turn around the Diamondbacks' sinking ship? Spanning the globe, the Lakers really paid Anthony Davis. Uh, He received the highest, richest annual contract in NBA history, a three-year max deal for $186 million. Will the Lakers win at least one more championship with Anthony Davis? Meanwhile, down goes Anderson. Jose Ramirez uh, dropped Tim Anderson on Saturday night. Uh, At the top of the show, we played that tremendous reaction and immediate call from Outstanding Guardians radio play-by-play man Tom Hamilton, whose description uh, was from the Howard Cosell call on January twenty-second, 1973, when George Foreman knocked down and eventually knocked out Joe Frazier to win the heavyweight championship. What stood out during the wild baseball weekend, whether it was that or something else? Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, that's the pipeline for today. We'll get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category. So whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060... Or you can tweet the show at kdusam1060 or twitter.com slash kdusam1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Right, coming up next, Corey, we we'll a news update. That'll be followed by a Philadelphia Eagles 2023 season preview. Dave Zingaro of NBC Sports Philadelphia scheduled to join us. Uh, lots of, well, I don't know about lots. There has been some turnover for the Eagles. Obviously, Jonathan Gannon was a defensive coordinator. He's now the Cardinals head coach. Cardinals also, you know, swiped a player away from the Eagles. We'll get into that a little bit with Dave. Hassan Reddick former cardinal outstanding season with the uh, eagles last year uh, with 16 sacks so we'll certainly touch on him in that next segment too once again at the bottom of the hour to be phone call time general discussion 602 260-1060 also the local roundup that'll be topped by a little on the di- the uh, cardinals excuse me the uh, practice on saturday that we attended and also Some analysis from another Diamondbacks losing series. You're listening to Sports on a Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD2 100.7. Your morning drive just got a little better. The Dan Patrick Show is live weekday morning starting at 6 exclusively on KDUS AM 1060. All right. This might be my favorite song that we use for bump music here. A little Don't Do It Here by The Band. The best band that I never saw live in my day. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. You're home on the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. The Eagles, uh, you made, uh, uh, you know, they, they were like one play away several times for winning the Super Bowl. In Glendale last uh, February, how will the Eagles respond in 2022, uh, 2023? Uh, out to the KDUS hotline we go. It'd be helpful if I knew what year it was. We're now joined in the sports by Dave Zangaro of uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia. Dave, always good to have you. Uh, how much is the Super Bowl? Uh, you know, losing that game. How much uh, has that been mentioned in the early days of training camp and how much of that is a motivation for this year that lost? And this this could be two different answers. Maybe they just don't talk about it and it's just motivation or the other way around or however that works.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're trying not to talk about it as much as possible, but it's pretty clear that it is motivational at this point. I mean, a a lot of carryover from last year's team to this year's team. But they're trying not to – talk about it a ton. They're trying not to think about it every day because you're in training camp and you have a long way to go before you get to that point. So, uh, that's kind of been Nick Sirianni's message to these guys. is like, take it one day at a time. Of course, the, the ultimate goal is to get back to that stage, but if you look too far ahead, you're going to get yourself in trouble. So uh, I thought it was interesting at, at OTAs, the first thing he did was he showed them uh, a photo of of some Eagles players walking off the field as the confetti rained down, uh, just to kind of address it, and then said, "All right, let, let's move on now, and, and let's just focus on whatever we're doing today." And, and that's kind of been their mode of, of operation so far.
1: You mentioned Sirianni; you've been there, obviously from from you know, day one for him. Yeah, how has he matured as a head coach?
0: Yeah, he's a uh, he's an interesting coach to be around. Uh, super energetic. I, I think he's just. Uh, understood what the job takes a little bit more. Uh, I think he's still the same guy, um, which at times, like I know, national audiences look at him and think this guy's a little corny, um, and he is. <laughs> it, but it's like that's who he is, and uh, I, I can tell the the team respects him. They like him quite a bit, uh, but he's also a pretty tough coach at times. He he, he knows when to uh, when to tough coach and and when to kind of love guys up a little bit. Uh, and that, that takes a little bit of understanding as a coach. So uh, I've been impressed with him. I go back to his first year when he gave up play calling halfway through the year. I thought that was really impressive. It, it, was, uh, it was a pretty humble move, and it helped the team. So like I look back at that moment and think that's really where he impressed me the most, and it, it seems kind of silly in a way that they hired this offensive coach and the thing that impressed me most was when he gave up play calling. But yeah. uh, he did what was best for the team, and uh, he, he kind of took the CEO coach role, and this really helped the team out.
1: Jalen Hurts uh, finished second in the MVP voting to uh, Patrick Mahomes. He took a big step last year, obviously Hurts. Was there like a point during the season where you just kind of said uh, he's figured it out here, uh, you know, obviously – turned it up to a level that uh, he's an MVP-level quarterback now?
0: It was really early in the season, honestly, because all last training camp, it's hard to believe that in a year we've come this far, but last year in training camp, the big question was, can this guy prove that he's a franchise quarterback? And then, I mean, Mm -hmm. really by like week three, it was done. We knew that uh, he was at least a franchise quarterback, at least a guy they were going to sign and build around. I don't know if at that point we knew he was going to be an MVP candidate, but uh, we had seen some signs of that, and really, we had kind of seen flashes of that going back to the training camp, but uh, it's really hard to know when you're just seeing it in practice, and you don't know exactly how it's going to translate, but uh, I'd say pretty early last year, we all had a, a pretty good sense that there was something special happening.
1: The addition of A.J. Brown before last season, how much did that have to do with the offensive improvement and Hurts' improvement? Yeah, it
0: was a big deal. Uh, it certainly was. Uh, he's a special player. Um, to to get him the way they did at, at such a young age and to sign him to an extension. And then he, I think he helped with Jalen Hurst's development. I think he helped Devontae Smith's development. Uh, and the offense just became this kind of juggernaut because you have maybe the best offensive line in football. So yeah. uh, even though they have all these great receivers and receiving options, The hallmark of that offense was still the offensive line and running the football because they have such a unique quarterback that can open so much up in the run game. And then an offensive line that, uh, in my opinion, they were the best in the league last year. And if not, they were pretty close. Um, Just some some studs up front. uh, And they bring back four of those five guys this year.
1: You're stealing my stuff here because that's where I'm going next. Uh, The offensive line considered by many, I would maybe even say most, to be the league's best, led by uh, you know, Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. Who, other than those two studs, stand out to you?
0: Yeah, uh, well, it, the, the question with those two is, you know, they're, they're well over 30 now, and are they going to hold up to the same level they were last year? But Landon Dickerson was a pro bowler last year. He's still getting better, uh, still a pretty young player. And then next to him, the left tackle, Jordan Mailata, uh, dealt with some injury last year, played through it, probably didn't play up to the level, they were expecting. Uh, Obviously, he's a great story. Uh, Never played football before, was a rugby player, and they kind of brought him along slowly, and all of a sudden, he's a starting left tackle in the league. I think the question with him is, like, what's the feeling now? Is he going to be an above-average tackle? Because he is. He's an above-average tackle right now. He's very good. Uh, He's not one of the best tackles overall in the league. Can he get to that point? Uh, I think he can. I mean, he's still relatively young. He's an athletic freak. Um, but he has to perfect it a little bit. He has to be more consistent. And if he does that, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he has the potential to be a pro-bowl or all-pro kind of player.
1: The running back room has certainly changed. Miles Sanders is no longer there. Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift are in. How might the running back distribution work?
0: That's a big question in training camp uh, this summer. It's been kind of fascinating to watch them work. In practice, they've really used like five different running backs with the first team offense. So they're not tipping their hands here. Uh, but I really think it's going to come down to the top two or maybe three guys. uh, here. uh played more than Miles in the playoffs in the Super Bowl. DeAndre has that ability out of the backfield. Something that he something never touched on.
1: Um, yeah. yeah Kaylee, you want to get let, let's uh, maybe try to get reconnected with Dave here uh, talking about the running back room there. Uh, it's uh, you know I know fantasy football people want to hear this answer <laughs> but uh, I'm just as a you know I'm in fantasy football but I'm not asking this question for fantasy purposes. Just curious because you have Penny who has been he's had some incredible moments but he's been hurt a lot in his Seattle days. DeAndre Swift, was kind of a pass catcher in Detroit. And Philadelphia didn't throw many passes to their running backs uh, last year. So I'm kind of curious how this is going to work. And you still got Scott and others still on the roster. So it's my question there. Uh, trying to hook up uh, once again with Dave Singaro of, uh, uh, of uh, you know, NBC Sports Philadelphia. Uh, he's at training camp. And you know, having done interviews from training camp fields before back in the day, uh, especially when I was in Flagstaff covering the Cardinals. Uh, sometimes you just kind of peter out as far as your cell phone goes, so hopefully we can reconnect with him. And Dave is back, and uh, so one more time on that running back thing. Uh, we, you know, how, how might that work out?
0: Yeah, we'll see. They've kind of been rotating a bunch of different players uh, during training camp, so I, I think the, the my best guess is it's really going to come down to DeAndre Swift or Kenny Gainwell. Uh, Gainwell was here last year, played a lot in the playoffs. Really kind of showed out in the playoffs more than anyone expected. He, he ended up playing more than Miles Sanders in the Super Bowl, and it, it tells you how much Nick Sirianni trusts him. Uh, and then DeAndre Swift, he's just caught the ball a ton out of the backfield during his career. So, uh
1: oh. Okay, you want to try one more time, Kayla, and we'll. You know, I'll kind of fake my way through the defensive side of the ball here. Okay, uh, on the defensive side, the Eagles did lose five starters and a coordinator, Jonathan Gannon. Uh, so I think the biggest thing of uh, the people that departed, I think I know the answer to this, Javon Hargrave, he's a stud. Yeah, you know, They had a lot of guys that were really good in that defensive line last year, but Hargrave, I'm guessing, is the most difficult to replace. He uh, took the big money contract. Can't blame him for that. And went to San Francisco. Uh, kind of a that. Some believe actually. I've heard a couple of people say the last couple of days that he might. His departure from Philadelphia and going to San Francisco might shift the balance of power in the NFC. In fact, because of course last year, remember Philadelphia did, uh, did beat San Francisco in a conference championship game. That's the game. Unfortunately. For San Francisco, that Brock Purdy went down early in the game, and then they had other quarterback issues. All right, so, uh, Dave, I'm kind of kicking around the defense here. Yeah, you know, They lost five starters, and also D- they lost coordinator Jonathan Gannon. Uh, I think I know the answer to this question, but uh, of those that departed, who will be the hardest for the Eagles to replace?
0: Yeah, I think it's Javon Hargrave. Um, he's just a, kind of an elite interior pass rusher, and it's tough to duplicate that. I know they went out and got uh, Jalen Carter in the draft, and and I think there's really high expectations for him. But if we're being realistic, that's a a position where it's really tough for a young player to come in and make an immediate impact. So uh, it's really like the spine of the defense because they lost Hargrave, they lost both linebackers, they lost both safeties. Uh, So you're wondering how they're going to bounce back from that. Uh, As far as Gannon to Desai, I I, don't think the defense schematically – Is going to change a little bit, I think, philosophically it might. But um, based on what I've seen so far at training camp, it it looks pretty similar.
1: They had 70 sacks last season, 62-and-a-half from the defensive line. How do you think that group will translate this season?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd take the under on (laughs) 70 sacks. (laughs) You know, you're going to have some natural regression there, I think. Uh, And that's not a a knock on any of the individual players because uh, I think Hassan Reddick has now proven himself to be one of the best edge rushers in the league. Josh Sweat, to me, is still an ascending player, even though he's now done it for the last couple years. But you have 35-year-old Brandon Graham. I think it's probably unfair to expect him to have another double-digit sack season. You lost Javon Hargrave. Fletcher Cox is a year older. So um, can Nolan Smith, can... Um, Jalen Carter, can they be immediate impact players? And uh, maybe. Uh, it's just hard to imagine the sack numbers being there. Um, the pressure can be there, but it, to get 70 sacks, is, uh, that's, that's pretty high in the sky uh, expectations.
1: Yeah. That is insane, actually. Uh, Talking Eagles with Dave, uh, Dave Zangaro of uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia. All right, they did. uh, You know, they have corners. Uh, James Bradbury and Darius Slay came back. How surprised were able to keep? uh, How surprised are you that they were able to keep uh, Bradbury?
0: Yeah, very surprised. Um, The last day uh, of this, you know, locker cleanout day, I basically said goodbye to James Bradbury. I wished him well and and said it was nice to cover you for a year, but uh, (laughs) I figured he'd be gone and he'd take a a free agent contract somewhere else. Uh, Ultimately, though, I don't think the market was. Uh, what he expected it to be, and then when he realized that and he looked at the team and his options, he realized that Philadelphia was still a place he wanted to be. Uh, In the meantime, the Eagles weren't able to reach a deal with uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, the safety, so they had the money. Mm -hmm. And uh, once they couldn't reach a deal with C.J., they kind of pivoted and they, they thought, well, now we can bring back James Bradbury. And then there was even a little moment where Looked like Darius Slay was going to get released, and then uh, both sides came together again and said, "No, let's let's try to run this back. We think we have something special here." So they did, uh, and for right now, they're a better team because of it. But I think there is some natural concern when you're running out two cornerbacks over thirty. Uh, there weren't many guys playing that position over thirty last year. Slay was one of them, but uh, it's a dwindling list, and, and there's a reason for that. So. I think some natural concern there, if those guys can stay healthy and not lose a step, they're still one of the best cornerback duos in the league, but uh, we'll see how that goes.
1: Yeah, rookie Kylie Ringo, he's a local Scottsdale product, went to Scottsdale Saguaro High School. I'm about sitting about less than five miles away from there as we speak, in fact. It, does Ringo have a role this season?
0: Well, it's uh, he's had kind of an up and down training camp, which isn't, Super surprising for a young cornerback. Um, he, he factors in as being on the roster. I mean, he's certainly going to make the team. Uh, can he be the top backup corner on the outside? I, I think that's the question. Right now, he's not. Um, and, and that's not just them bringing along Rookie slowly. On merit, he wouldn't be. So uh, he's got to prove it, but I think they are high on him, and he's shown some really good flashes here and there. He just got to be a little more consistent. Uh, he's got to be a little less handsy, <laughs> based on what I've seen in training camp. But uh, they didn't draft him to play this year. They drafted him because they they think long term he yeah. could be uh, a pretty good player. All
1: right. So they lost the Eagles lost coordinator Jonathan Gannon and also linebacker Kaiser White to the Cardinals. What are the Cardinals getting with Gannon and White?
0: Uh, I'll start with Kaiser White. Um, a fine player, I, certainly not you know a great player. He's not a not a, a Pro Bowl-caliber linebacker, but he'll get the job done. Um, I think he dealt with a little bit of injury last year. Uh, didn't play as well, I guess, really the second half of the season as he did the first half, and I think he's an okay play. Um, and, and nothing crazy, but he'll, he'll get the job done. Uh, as far as Gannon, I'm fascinated to see uh, how he fares as a head coach. Uh, I'm not giving you guys any news there. Uh, I don't think the roster... Is very good, so I'm curious to see what his leash looks like in Arizona. Um, I can tell you Eagles fans weren't heartbroken that he left. Uh, I, I think the the public perception of him was probably a little unfair because he did some really good things while he was here. That last game was a tough one, obviously. Uh, they got pants by Andy Reid and the Chiefs, which, sure, I mean, they have Patrick Mahomes and they're an all-time great offense, but it was a pretty historically bad defensive performance. And, uh, you know, I I think you look back at Gannon's time here and the big knock on him was that he was kind of rigid with what he wanted to run, Um, passive-style defense. And I think it irked a lot of fans a little bit. But I can tell you that that, the players seemed to like him and I didn't hear a lot of bad things from a personal level on Jonathan Gannon. And to me, that kind of matters more when you're taking on the head coaching role and mm-hmm. Nick Rallis, who we brought with them from Philly as yeah. the new DC youngest, uh, youngest coordinator in the league. Uh, always heard a lot of good things about him and uh, they knew they were just kind of renting him. He was going to move on at some point.
1: Okay. So the 2023 Eagles, a consensus season, win total sitting, uh, the consensus is like 10 and a half. So the, uh, the 2023 Eagles over or under 10 and a half wins.
0: I'd go over and, and I know it's, the schedule makes that tricky because the schedule is very good, especially in the second mm. half. I mean, around their bye week, they hit a buzzsaw, and it gets really tough. So yeah. Uh, they're going to have to build up this record a little bit early. Uh, But I think they had the opportunity to do that because uh, I think the offense can carry them early. They bring back 9-11 starters on that side of the ball. Uh, a lot of continuity there. Even though they lost Shane Steichen, their offensive coordinator, they, they still have Nick Sirianni, and it's his offense, and they have Jalen Hurts. So... Um, I I think that they should be a good team. There's no reason to think they won't be unless uh, injury happens, and that can happen to pretty much any team.
1: Dave, always good talking to you. I'm sure we'll be checking back periodically during the regular season. Thanks. All
0: right, thanks. Take
1: care. Our pleasure. Dave Zingaro of NBC Sports Philadelphia. Thanks much to Dave. All right, next segment, phone call time, 602-260-1060, and also today's local roundup. I'll include a few quick observations from the Cardinals' uh, red white practice on Saturday that Kayla and myself attended. We'll get much more into detail on that from both of us during the extra point between 10 and noon today. Also, in the next segment, we'll have some analysis of yet another Diamondback series loss as they were swept in Minnesota. Sound like Minnesota was playing great baseball before this series, but they. Certainly uh, had the upper hand for the majority of the innings. And uh, you know, other than the ninth inning yesterday, there weren't too many times where I said, well, the Diamondbacks are going to win this game or might win this game. And then they didn't win any of those games. You listen to the sports though, with Bob Camp on kdusam 1060 and KSLUX Lux HD 2 100.7.
0: the dan patrick show weekday mornings from 6 to 9 a.m this is just uh something i like to call breakfast with big name guests timely sports information and more on ktus am 1060 it's time for today's local roundup
1: welcome back to the sports zone with bob kemp on ktus am 1060 and kslx hd2 100.7 uh in addition to local roundup it is phone call time if you want to jump aboard 602-260-1060 with your phone calls in a couple minutes First up, uh, the Cardinals had their annual red-white practice on Saturday uh, that we attended, Kayla and myself in Glendale. And I'm, uh, I'm pretty certain that I've witnessed every Cardinal public red-white practice uh, and uh, since 2002. I don't remember a smaller crowd than I saw on Saturday. Uh, the biggest thing that stood out on the offensive side, there is no doubt that Paris, uh, Paris Johnson, uh, Jr., is the starting right tackle. Uh, with previous starter, Kelvin Beecham, the only uh, offensive lineman who started every game last season, he's, at least right now, clearly the backup right tackle. The biggest thing that stood out to me on the defensive side, the preferred first unit defense basically has three safeties. Uh, you know, basically, uh, you have... You have Two starters that you know the, the studs from the last two seasons, Buddha Baker and Jalen Thompson. I think that's actually the strongest duo of the uh, players that the Cardinals have at any position, and they rank. I think they rank pretty high as far as the safeties in the league go. Also, Isaiah Simmons, uh, has now gone back to a you know a safety at least for now. Uh, even though I must say that it seemed like on Saturday at least that Thompson. Lined it up, uh, lined up more as a linebacker than he did a safety. Also, uh, much more on the Cardinals' red, white practice. Some of the observations from Kalen myself during the extra point. Of course, that's from ten to noon. The Diamondbacks uh, have now lost 22 of their last 29 games, including the last six games on the uh, now-concluded road trip. No MLB team has been worse over the last 29 games amazingly uh, they continue to find new ways to lose games they lost on Sunday when they had 17 base runners and stole eight bases but somehow scored just three runs in the eventual 5-3 walk-off loss in Minnesota the Diamondbacks leaving 12 runners on base there were two for 11 with runners in scoring position Arizona led 3-2 entering the bottom of the ninth inning after Christian Walker hit a solo homer in the top of the ninth inning uh, that's when newly acquired closer Paul Seawald in his first save situation allowed two home runs Now those were sandwiched between a walk. Uh, personnel news Cattell tell Marte he tried to say the bad rota- uh, road the bad road trip from him uh, actually it was kind of cut short. he was forced to leave with left quad tightness yesterday in the fifth inning. Marte has been Arizona's best hitter for weeks. But not last week, or not recently. Uh, in fact, last week he went 3-for-26 on the road trip. Um, he Also, unfortunately for him, uh, his defense was really good for him before the All-Star break. It's been really bad, very similar to what it was last year uh, since, uh, since the All-Star break. Meanwhile, Corbin Carroll's even struggling. After he went two out of three on two for three on Sunday, he's now six for his last 35. That includes the two for three on Sunday. Merrill Kelly uh, on Friday night. Uh, I think this is kind of the bottom line of where the Diamondbacks stand uh, after Friday night's loss, in which he was the starting pitcher. Carroll Kelly was asked whether there's any finger pointing of uh, pitchers uh, doing well and the offense uh, hardly doing anything. Kelly wisely just kind of replied no to that and moved on. Up next, the Diamondbacks have today off, and then they begin an eight-game homestand against the NL West rivals, three of the four. Uh, They begin on Tuesday night against the first-place Dodgers, two games against them, three against the Padres this weekend, and three against the first-place Rockies. As far as the wild-card race goes, It's more of a crawl at this point for the National League. Most of the contending teams are losing on a regular basis. All right, on to the phone lines we go. And uh, Elvis, I'm sure, wants to talk about one of the teams in the wild card chase, which uh, in uh, really the division chase now in the NL Central, which is not struggling because the Cubs never play a road game. What's What's up with that now? Now come on now, they just only had
2: seven home games. But before I get to the Braves and Cubs, did I hear you right? The band, not Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, is the best live band you saw?
1: That I've never seen.
2: Oh, that you've never seen? Oh, okay, yes. Oh, I thought you yep, had never, seen never, them. Never, I would. I would have loved I, to I, seen I, them too.
1: Yeah, I actually saw well, the Rolling Stones when I was uh, many times. I saw the Beatles when I was like eight years old. So I've seen them, but yeah. I never got to see the band perform. Never got to the, see uh, them. I've the, seen some... I'm
2: sure. I'm sure you saw the last waltz, one of the best live. Oh concerts. yeah,
1: I, I yeah. had friends that were at the live waltz, and uh, those days, you know, you didn't have the internet or anything like that. That was in 1976 or 78, one of those yeah. two years. Yeah, I, uh... I actually had friends that were there in San Francisco, and like called me for like days to just give me a hard time. All
2: right. Before I get to the Cubs, uh, how about the Braves? One through nine, no weak outs. The (laughs) first four guys in their lineup have played every game, Bob. And one through nine, they have at least eleven homers. The only platoon position is left field. Your boy Rosario. You know, I know he can't catch a fly ball, but he can get clutch homers. And I mean, they don't have a weak spot. Reminds me of your big red machine of the seventies. And don't say that. Or the or the hey, there. Chipper Jones said it on the telecast, the best Braves lineup ever. I mean, yeah, I mean that's, I agree hard, with that. that's hard I mean, that's just hard to, to argue. Yeah. You know, I'm just uh, saying I they remind me of, they yeah. remind me of them and the lumber company in the seventies where they have no week outs. You have no
1: way. outs in the lineup. I can go for the you Braves know. part of this. I never thought about that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah, I think this and, is and the best Olson, Braves lineup.
2: Olson Olsen would be MVP if it wasn't for Acuna.
1: Well, I don't know about that because yeah. if it weren't for Acuna, Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts would be two and three in the MVP. Or one and two. And, I think but, they're two and, and three think now. think
2: about if they still had Freddie Freeman and Swanson, how they'd be. That's true. but. Well, okay. Now, they're by uh, okay. You, gave, you gave the glass is uh, half empty response to the trade deadline. I'm giving you the glass is half full for the Cubs. Why they should have been buyers. Number one winnable division. They got six with the Brewers, four with your fading Reds who are fading fast. And they I'm suck. not even talking wild card. Right. They should have got starting pitching, as you said. At the deadline, they're probably... They needed a new
1: manager three three years (laughs) ago.
2: And, you know, they're probably... He's terrible. Every day, he's terrible. Okay, number two, they won 15 out of the 19. They 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 only had one bad month, May. I know they've been frustrating, inconsistent, but not bad. 10 and 18 in May. Other than that, winning month every month, 15 out of the last 19. They were 10 under. Since then, they're 14 over. That's why... I'm not trading Bellinger. He's the heart and soul of that lineup, and you're saying he's going to walk? Uh, you're yep. assuming that. You're assuming that. You don't know he's that. Not, and he, I'm going to give stig- you 23 okay. million reasons Hayward's contracts off the books. One of the worst dealings yeah. ever. Okay.
1: Bellinger, be- Bellinger will be playing somewhere else next year.
2: Okay, I'll bet you at Bruce Springsteen a drink at Bruce Springsteen on that one. <laughs>
1: Okay. okay, I don't drink anymore. But you can buy oh, me a oh, Diet Pepsi. Can, you,
2: can, you can buy me one because you'll owe me one. Yeah, and yeah, uh, I'm
1: not al- I'm not allowed to drink anymore. Basically.
2: Okay, okay, I didn't know that, but you know whatever you got to do. And I would have got some bull- more bullpen help at the trade deadline. They they did you know they got a, a minor. Well, you can say guy, that about bro.
1: every team. That was that was the biggest exactly. surprise for me. I- Elvis, I got to get going here, but and I appreciate and it. Th- that 14 was 14 out of 15 and saves, so you know. No, I'm all. Fulmer's been better. I gotta too. go, Elvis. Yep. Okay, Zip it okay. For, okay. Thank, Thank you. Me. I'm good. I'm, I'm actually rooting for the Cubs every day because I have Alzolay on my fantasy team. That still matters. I got one that doesn't matter. I got one that does. So I'm rooting. I root for the Cubs every day because I want him to get saves, and he's gotten a ton of them here lately. So that's a good thing. All right, by the way, I had to quit drinking not because I have some kind of alcohol issue. It's because of my medical situation. I don't drive and I don't drink anymore. You know, some people drink and drive. That's not good either, but now I don't do either, so taking two, uh, taking care of two possible problems in one step, I guess. All right, everything else I'm great at. <clears throat> at least hopefully this radio show I'm great at when we come back, we'll wrap up today's spectacular radio program with the National Roundup.
0: Catch the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. right here on KDUS AM 1060 and online at kdus1060.com. It's
1: time for today's
0: National Roundup.
1: All right, welcome back. Final segment of today's sports zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and KDOS in uh, uh, 1060 and KSLX Selects HD two 100.7. Got to go fast here. I went too long in that last segment. The Dodgers are 31 and seven in their last 38 regular season games against the Padres. Yet I keep hearing people tell me, "But the Padres are really dangerous when they get in the playoffs. They suck." I've been saying this for weeks, months. Maybe even years, except for last year in the postseason. Uh Monday night, excuse me, Sunday night, Freddie Freeman hit a three-round homer. Ahmad Rosario, who's actually been good so far for the Dodgers. Uh, and Mookie Betts, they also hit home runs. And Lance Lynn, who's now won both of his starts with the Dodgers. The Dodgers magic is working here again, as they get players that have struggled elsewhere, and they're immediately good for them. Anyway, but uh the, uh, the Dodgers uh, win two out of three against the series, only a run, one horrible inning on Saturday night. The eighth inning prevented the Dodgers from sweeping that series against the Padres. And the Dodgers, have been, in addition to those ridiculous numbers I mentioned at the start, they've now won seven out of nine games this season against the, uh, the Padres. The Dodgers won uh, seven of the nine. They played a day, by the way, at one o'clock today, uh, final series kind of a weird four game wraparound here tony gonsolin i never know what i'm expecting out of him anymore six and four with a 411 run average against seth lugo who's been really good when healthy this year but unfortunately hasn't been healthy all that much four and five with a uh, 354 run average goes for san diego in this game also more on padres and uh, dodgers here Padres announced that Joe Musgrove, who's already on the injured list, is going to be shut down for at least three weeks. Uh, The ESPN broadcast last night seemed to indicate that there's no guarantee that Musgrove's going to be pitching again this season. By the way, Josh Hader reportedly refused to pitch in the eighth inning on Friday night's loss to the Padres. Apparently didn't want to possibly pitch two innings in one game, which he doesn't do anymore, I guess. On the Dodgers side, then uh, Dodgers side, Eduardo Rodriguez and his agent, uh, you know, tried to get a reworked deal from the Dodgers before. Then they gave the family consideration thing as to why he turned down the trade for Los Angeles. So apparently, he was just seeking more money to get traded to Los Angeles. Meanwhile, the Angels were swept at home in a four-game series against the Mariners. The Angels now two and eight. Since they made the brilliant decision to be buyers before the deadline, uh, Eugenio Suarez hit a RBI single in the tenth inning, and the Mariners completed a four-game sweep with that 3-2 victory yesterday. The Mariners are now 60 and 52. They won five in a row. They won 13 of 17. They are four games, four and a half games ahead of the Angels uh, in the wild card standings. Uh, the Mariners also 22 and 10. Since the All-Star break, tied with Baltimore for the best record in the Major Leagues. Okay, quickly, let me shoot through some other quick things here as far as the, from the headlines and from the wire. Football-wise, Jeff Howe of the Athletic reporting that the Patriots, Cowboys, and Jets remain frontrunners assigned Zeke Elliott. Uh, Howe added, uh, how added that the Patriots are now out of the, uh, Cooks, uh, the Dalvin Cook sweepstakes, by the way. Meanwhile... Uh, some, uh, you know, if there's such a thing as preseason news, I guess this qualifies first year Broncos coach Sean Payton said on Saturday that uh, Russell Wilson and several Denver starters will play in the Friday night preseason opener, which is in Glendale against the Cardinals. Also Frank Reich, uh, the new Panthers coach said that Bryce Young will start the preseason opener against the Jets and uh. In addition to that, the uh, Panthers uh, did sign free agent linebacker Justin Houston, who's on a new team every year and seems to be a good player every year. Base baseball, just a couple of more quick things. Here's some injury updates. Josh Young, uh, arguably or you know certainly in the running to be the American League Rookie of the Year, the third baseman for the Rangers. He left the game on Sunday uh, because he suffered a broken left hand. Uh, no idea how long he might be out. Also leaving via injury on Sunday was Yankees starting pitcher Carlos Rodon, who left with a hamstring injury. And Rays pitcher uh, Tyler Glass, now the latest Ray, the Rays pitcher to get injured starter. Uh, he was uh, scratched from yesterday's start because of back issues. All right, that is it for today's one-hour Sports Zone. Stay tuned. The Extra Point, hosted by Kale, is coming up next. We'll have more uh, more of our Cardinals observations from the red-white practice on Saturday. More phone call time. We'll also preview the Tampa Bay Buccaneers season. No Tom Brady anymore, but still a lot of Cardinals flavor there. This has been the Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening.